According to a recent report, teams are bracing for Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, or Zion Williamson to demand a trade. On today's show, I'll tell you why only one of those stars makes any sense for the Miami Heat. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is a Friday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. However you may be joining us on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. We've got Nostradam West later in the show, as well as a debate about who should be the favorite in the East and pizza toppings. But... I want to start with this report from Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated, who wrote earlier this week that, quote, around the league, team executives are already bracing and or plotting for the next disenchanted star to ask out with speculation focused on Zion Williamson, New Orleans, Damian Lillard in Portland, and Donovan Mitchell in Utah. And look, think whatever you want of this Heat team, but just know that if there's a star thinking about moving, Pat Riley is at least thinking about that star, right? He's made a career of poaching more talented players from these other markets. And uh, when one of those players becomes available, you know that Pat's at least thinking about it. And when it comes to Zion, Dame, Donovan Mitchell, uh, I think those are the players that, those players are at least worth a conversation, right? And so my question to you, David, is which among those guys intrigues you the most? Well, I can't be Zion Williamson, to be honest with you. I think there's potential there. I think there might be a good fit, although... It's also such an uh, oppressive way of his style of play seems to be somewhat domineering. I'm not sure if it necessarily blends mm-hmm. in with what Miami's offense looks like defensively. There are question marks about what he can do. And, of course, there's always the bigger issue regarding his health and the kind of commitment to staying in shape that he has not shown throughout the first couple of seasons of his career. So that's why I have a concern about Zion. Uh, when you're looking at Dame Lillard or Well, Donovan before you move Mitchell, off Zion, I... I- that you're absolutely right. The other thing is the defensive issues. He's just not there defensively. He doesn't he, the, the physical force that he is offensively. It just doesn't translate to the defensive end. I don't know if it's an effort thing. I don't know if it's just a just a feel thing that uh, defense often comes down to. Overlooked right. part about playing defense is just feel. I don't know if he just doesn't have it. Maybe. Um, but in this Heat system, you've got to be able to play defense much better than what Zion has shown these first couple of years in New Orleans. Yeah. And then the outside shooting is there too. Like he's a ball dominant guy. Like, do you really, does that really work if you're not a floor spacer and you're ball dominant next to guys you're already building around like Jimmy Butler and Bam? So I'm with you for whatever it would cost to get Zion Williams. I'm not saying I wouldn't want Zion on this team for free, but it would cost something. And that just doesn't make any sense for Miami. Right. So I'm with you. No. Yeah. You disrupt so much of what Miami does yeah. well right now. And then you're not increasing your title window by any stretch, I think. Uh, even it, bringing an immense talent like him. Assuming he's even available to play, which, of course, now right. recent reports now that we're seeing, or at least J.J. Reddick's comments about his commitment to the team and things of that sort, I, that's kind it's, of a question mark for me. Uh, it's not a great fit for the Heat, but it, like no, the not. Heat might be the best fit for Zion if they, if Zion yeah. wants to get his career back on track and get in shape fair, and all these things, but still, just not just – not, there's a saying in college sports, you recruit your problems, don't recruit your problems. In this case, don't recruit your problem. Right. So it comes down to Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. And while I'm very intrigued by a hungry veteran presence in Dame Lillard and his ability to shoot the ball as well as he does, and while I do also have concerns about Donovan Mitchell and his ball, 
not necessarily ball hogging, but ball dominant, let's use yeah. that as a phrase. I, I think he's the right player to choose for Miami. I think the fit is a great one. I think he can become the next Dwayne Wade here. I think it would be an amazing like of course there are concerns about his long range shooting and consistency in that and of course you know again as a, his ball dominant skills as great as they are tend to kind of well shift games uh one way or the other in Utah's favor or against Utah and and that's kind of a problem for the Jazz right now as as legitimate title contenders is whether or not they can continue to get sustainable great performances from Donovan you know I've always been a big fan of Donovan Mitchell I still think he would be the right choice for Miami moving forward well, certainly the youth fits in the window for Bam Adebayo, and sure. I won't include Tyler Hero in that because in order to get Donovan Mitchell, you would presume you would have to part with Tyler Hero. And so least. Donovan Mitchell is a better player with a higher ceiling than Tyler Hero. I think that's fair to say. And if you can get somebody with that kind of star potential to pair with Bam Adebayo, it's definitely enticing, right? But I don't think that that's the direction the Heat should go in. And I know that a lot of people are like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell should be the star. But here's my thing. We've kind of already seen the best version of a Donovan Mitchell and defensive-minded center? Yeah. No, we've like Donovan Mitchell and a defensive-minded center in Utah. Oh, and they can't get out of the West. And so, yeah, I think having Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo paired together would keep Miami. It would it would entrench Miami at the top of the Eastern Conference and the top of the standings, you know, in the home court advantage every year in the playoffs in the first round. But I don't know that that's quite enough to put the heat over the hump because let's kind of but, go back a little but, bit here. I mean, but did you just compare Rudy Gobert offensively to Bam Adebayo? No, defensively. I'm just saying those guys, like those guys, are defensive-minded centers, and like we've kind of already seen that, right? Like Utah is well coached; they have plenty of depth over the last couple of years. They're injured this year, but like we've kind of seen that. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that Donovan Mitchell can't get better. I think Donovan Mitchell could be one of the best players, or uh, you know, one of the best guards in the NBA. But I don't know that he sure. can have that MVP type of impact. I'm not sure he's that player. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't know that he's Dwayne, the next Dwayne Wade. I don't know. And and he could be, but I just don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody could tell you honestly that they know. And that's why I would Damian Lillard is the only answer to me, because we already know he's an MVP caliber player. We know he could space the floor as much as anybody outside of the Bay Area in the NBA right now. He's exactly the kind of player that this team needs. You're not really. Wor- I know he's ball dominant in Portland, but that's because he has to be. I'm not worried about Damian Lillard coming into Miami and being, I need the ball all the time. I think he'd be happy to play. I think you could play him next to Kyle Lowry because of his shooting and because of what Lowry could do facilitating Dame's scoring and picking up the more challenging offensive uh, defensive uh, offensive assignment defensively. I, I think Lillard's the only guy you push all the chips in for because when it comes down to it, you're going to have to part with all their draft picks, including the ones that you just unlocked at the deadline from OKC. You can kind of trade three picks and then pick swaps. Uh, you'd have to move off of Hero. You'd have to move off of Duncan Robinson, include some other salary, whether it's P.J. Tucker or all of like the Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin type contracts. Um, and if you're going to have to do that, I think you have to know you're getting an MVP type player. And right now, that's only Damian Lillard on this list. It's not Zion, even though he could be one day. And it's not Donovan Mitchell, even though he could be one day. But we know that's what Damian Lillard is right now. Otherwise, honestly, I wouldn't even do it. I, w- I would just be like, you know what? I like our depth. Let's just keep rolling with the depth. So you would rank Dame Lillard as a top choice, keeping the team as is, and then Donovan Mitchell below that as your third option? That seems kind of unfathomable to me. Um, yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Rather Considering what you would have to is. give up, you would have to give up every first, you would have to give up the entire future for Donovan Mitchell. But he is the future. So you're not giving up much. You're like getting something in return. And I, I to me, I, I just, I find his skills so easily translatable. And, and the fact is that, yes, 
as a rookie, he was asked to kind of balance being a point guard or a shooting guard somewhere in between. He's not quite sure how to figure it out. I trust Eric Spolstra and his coaching staff and the stability in place and the culture and everything else that everybody mocks so widely to be able to get Donovan Mitchell to focus and harness his game and fine tune it in such a way where he becomes the best version of himself. And if that's the case at 20 something years old, he's a much better fit than a 31 year old off injured, smallish, poor defensive player in Dame Lillard who can shoot the lights out, but only because, as you just said, he has to. And that's the only offensive solution in Portland and yeah. has been over the last seven seasons. I like the fact that Donovan, you can slide him in there and he can change. He can model his game differently. He can do things differently and play defensively at a high level that Dave cannot. So I think Donovan is by far the top choice there. I would I would take Donovan Mitchell over just staying as is. If it's a real option, okay. I wouldn't be like, you know what, I'm not taking right. Donovan Mitchell. But I do think that Lillard is – if you're working from the central thesis in that – look, if, if the Heat win the championship this year, I don't think they mess with it, right? But if they don't win the championship, you know what? I actually don't we've know. Never been Pat put, Riley, we've never been put in that position, yeah. yeah. 2006, like they kind of stayed pat there, but, yeah. you know, no pun intended, pun intended. I just don't know what options there were after that. Yeah. I think they kind of recognize that. I mean, I mean, they well, they recognize that D Wade was the star, right? Yeah. And then there, it yeah. wasn't. And in 2006, that, was that wasn't like every like Shaq came to Miami to to pair with Dwayne Wade, but really just to leave the Lakers. That's really what he wanted to do, and he just ended up in Miami. But this is that was and a different they, era of player movement. Um, this might be I, a good topic for another show. But if they won a championship, would they just stay pat? Because I wonder. I mean, they made that mistake in keeping an older player like Shaquille O'Neal. And I wonder whether or not they would do things a little differently this time around. Would they like they have gotten the one good year out of Kyle? Let's say. I actually think if they win the championship, there's a greater chance that they would get Donovan Mitchell over Damian Lillard, right? So if they win the finals this year, then you could be like Pat Riley could be like, I I won my last one. I could go out and move to LA finally or whatever it is that he wants to do, Malibu, whatever. Malibu. But um, and then you could just all right, let me put the big like like, let me pair Donovan Mitchell with Bam Adebayo, and we're all set for the future. If they don't win the finals this year, then I think the priority becomes Damian Lillard because you know that he's the kind of player that can go toe-to-toe with a Giannis, a Joel Embiid, a Nikola Jokic, a Steph Curry, a Kevin Durant. Donovan Mitchell is not there yet. He mm. might not ever be. We don't know. Damian Lillard is there right now, and if the goal is to get over the hump against those star type of players, because the Heat aren't going to lose because of their depth. They're going to lose because they don't have that kind of player. And Damian yeah. Lillard, among these three, is the only player that is like that right now. It's the only one. Mm. So I disagree there. I disagree. I, I look, we saw phenomenal performances from him over the last couple of seasons in the bubble and everything else. Like he's capable of those 50 point games. And again, most of that is due to just having the ball in his hands and a high usage rate and everything else. And maybe he won't get that opportunity in Miami, but having that as your second, third option in some cases, like I, I think that's maybe the number uh, one uh, option. What are you talking about? He, he might be. Option? No, Lillard, I'm saying, I'm saying Donovan. I, I disagree oh. that 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 Mitchell isn't capable of having those kind of MVP type performances in the playoffs. He's just not that player right now. We haven't seen it. He shoots the amount of games just as much. Like I shouldn't say that. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I just so would you I. consider Donovan Mitchell one of the best eight players in the league right now? No, I wouldn't. But Damian Lillard Damian. fully fully deployed. Damian Lillard could be. Uh, yeah, but that's the whole thing, right? That's the question mark. Is is, is it? You know, the, are you getting the best version of Dame? I think it's just, just in time to make a playoff run. Perhaps. For two years, you would have him. Perhaps. For a couple it, years, a, you would have him. And then the contract would be awful. But I'm just saying, like, if the goal were to win a championship in Jimmy Butler's prime, 
Lillard is a much better option than Mitchell. Yeah, but you see, but that's if the, the goal thing, is too. to build something sustainable, Mitchell's the no-brainer option. I think you can get both, right? I think with Mitchell, you can win now and win later and build Maybe. for the future and, and not have to jeopardize your whole future in order to do so. Like you, You're giving up the youth, uh, a, a potential centerpiece in Tyler Hero and, of course, some shooting in Duncan Robinson and everything else that you have to give up, draft picks and all that stuff that Pat doesn't care about. At the very least, you want a, a young core player that you can build around for the next few years. And I know the future is very – like looking ahead doesn't really matter all that much in Miami's view because, well, I mean, it works. Like you don't have to look five years down the road because who knows what could happen in five years. The salary cap could spike. The league could tank. You could get you know COVID-19 impacting everything for the next two years. Who knows? Uh, so I don't know. It, it's a good question. I, I think either option would be great for Miami, but I, I'm just leaning more towards Donovan as the better solution both now and later. I think a lot of people agree with you. I disagree. Really? Yeah, I think. But yeah. Uh, one thing we do know, the Heat unlocked those protections at the deadline for a reason. They didn't end mm-hmm. up making a real move at the trade deadline. And now that they have basically three first round picks that they can move, plus pick swaps at, in the summer, could be active. Just saying. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, coming up next, we make some predictions about this weekend's game, starting with tonight's game at Madison Square Garden. And then we get to the latest on Victor Oladipo and Markeith Morris's potential return. But first, David, yeah. tell the listeners about Truebill. Oh, Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of all your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or sometimes you just simply forgot about them. On average, people save up to $720 a year, almost $1,000 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and it's helped save them over $100 million. You could be next. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year speaking of saving money if you want to help out somebody that's been a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years then what you need to do is go to rockauto.com look it gets tougher and tougher to go into a store nowadays to get the parts that you might be looking for for your car or truck to ask the person behind the counter to find whatever it is you're looking for it's uncomfortable it's embarrassing who knows if they even have it. they might have some parts they're trying to foist on you that cost more why bother going through all that rigmarole when you can just go to an easy-to-use website, that's rockauto.com. Find all the parts that you're looking for with just a few easy clicks. You save money. You save time. You can do it yourself. Even if you're a mechanic and you're looking for the right auto parts, then rockauto.com is the answer for you. Go right now to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write the phrase locked on in a section that says, how would you hear about us? There's a little box there. Write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Nostradamus, David. It's time for Nostradamus to make some predictions about this weekend's games Friday night with the New York Knicks. Let's start there, David. Yeah, you know, I, I've got a quick question. Though. One, the music a little different today, so I appreciate that. But secondly, does it count? As, you, as you're embracing the Nostradamus personality and refer to yourself as Nostradamus, is that speaking of yourself in a third person there? Like, I just yes. want to know. For, okay. All right. But Nostradamus this, gets to speak about himself in the third person. 
That's that, that's a, a byproduct of having the gift of the the divine. Have you ever psych- listened to a psychic? They always talk about themselves in the third what, person. When when would I have the opportunity to listen to psychics? Is that something that every people week? do? Like with me, where? every oh. week with me. <laughs> yeah. So with the exception of the past few months before the psychic came into my life, I had spoken to zero psychics. So it was a, it's a little difficult. Sounds like me. a you problem. <laughs> Where does one find a psychic now? Is it still like like Atlantic City, the boardwalk there? I mean, I used to live yeah. next to a psychic when I was in uh, my my studio in San Francisco. Two doors down That's was a psychic. Uh, okay. I never saw anybody walk in. More importantly, I never saw anybody walk out. So, I think it was <laughs> oh. a drug front. I have no idea. That that seems very very possible. Hey, you gotta love the Bay Area. Anyway, speaking of the New York Knicks, Friday night. The Heat will be in New York. Uh, they're traveling right now in Brooklyn. And the question that everybody's asking, will Victor Oladipo and or Markeith Morris make their returns? This seems like an answer that you should know, Nostradamus. Well, according to my sources, which is the future and reports from the beat reporters, uh, Victor Oladipo and Markeith Morris will not play against the Knicks tonight. But that said... They are with the team in New York. They are practicing with the team Thursday mm-hmm. night. And this is, to me, an important thing. It's a good, Absolutely. it's a positive step in their ramp up to eventually returning. One of the reasons they moved to, they, that they went to New York, and look, even before the reports came out that they weren't going to play, Nostradamus knew they weren't going to play. You're, they went to New York because these practices, especially for the Heat, because they don't like to practice very much, um, they they're very rare. I think what this is might be the third or fourth practice all season that they've had uh, during the regular season, at least. And so, yeah, you want to get as much reps for these guys as possible. We know that Old Depot is doing five on five scrimmages with the Sioux Falls Sky Force G League affiliate team. Uh, and Marquise Morris has been doing just like light shoot around stuff, yep. uh, pregame warm ups and things like that. So getting them into just kind of getting them into the the mix in a, in a legit bona fide practice, I think is a very positive step. And more importantly, not just for them, but it gives the heat coaches and training staff a look at what they might look like. Now we don't know what the intensity of that practice was, but I would imagine they got a pretty decent look at Oladipo and Marquise Morris. I have maybe a better idea of when they could possibly come back. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think we talked about this in yesterday's episode, which you should totally check out if you haven't already. When we looked ahead about Victor Oladipo and his potential return and everything else, there's a two-game homestand after this that's a yeah. potential option for Oladipo's return, but both you and I agree that it's more than likely going to happen during a seven-game homestand that follows later on this month in March. So uh, soon, soon. And and look, it's important to do so now. As you mentioned, the practice provides an opportunity to see what you've got in Oladipo and Morris and how to start incorporating them Neither of us are big believer that they're going to make a substantial change through the buyout market unless a huge name comes around. But at this point in time, you're getting Victor Oladipo. You're getting Markeith Morris, a, a rotation players, both of them, who could make a big impact if they're at fully health, at full health and, and capable of playing the way they have in the past. So I, I think it's great to be able to incorporate them just to bring them along, to continue to build camaraderie, uh, You know, just a, a chance to see things differently. While you're there practicing in New York City, it's it's a great opportunity. I'm glad to hear the reports come out that they're both with the team right now. But we'll move on because then it's the first night of a back-to-back on Friday. And then on Saturday, the Heat travels back home to FDX Arena where they'll take on the San Antonio Spurs. Not so dumb, Wes. Does Tyler Hero have the Spurs number? Tyler Hero has a lot of teams' numbers. That's the thing about Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero does have the San Antonio Spurs number. The last time the the Heat played the Spurs, 
February 3rd. They won 112 to 95, and it was in large part thanks to Tyler Hero. 24 points on 11 of 20 shooting, five rebounds, and five assists. Uh, 11 of 20 shooting is a little misleading too because he went 0 of 5 from three point range. So to take the three pointers away um, with an uncharacteristic shooting performance from there, he was 11 of 15 from two point range. That's pretty incredible mm. for a, a Spurs coached, a Popovich coached Spurs team there. Uh, they, they they don't really give up those easy baskets, but they did to Tyler Hero. And you want to know why? Because he has their number. That's why, David. Uh, he, there's nobody on the Spurs that was able to def- defend Tyler Hero. Now, they were without some dudes the last time that they played. But they're now without Derek White because they traded him at the deadline to the Celtics. They have Josh Richardson. I'm not worried about Richardson's defense on Tyler Hero. Richardson's a fine two-way player. He's not enough to lock up Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero missed the last few games before the All-Star break. He's going to come back um, looking to to get back to where he was as far as the leading sixth man of the year, Karen, and it a a 20-point-per-game score. I think he does it again against the Spurs at home, the first home game coming out of the All-Star break, where they love them some Tyler Hero. Yeah, uh, a career 54% shooter against the San Antonio Spurs. So that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, Got their number. Numbers. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big one there. Uh, any other pr- predictions? Oh. I know we're wrapping up the segment here, but uh, anything else? I know that's only two games on the slate for this week, but anything else that you'd like to predict? I predict you doing the Built Bar ad read. But uh, oh. before coming up, was I wrong about my pick for the Eastern Conference favorites? A lot of you think I was, but David, before we do that, Built Bar. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's February. I I know by this point in time, a lot of people are uh, giving up on their resolutions. It's been a month and a half. It's a trying time for everybody. There's a lot of things, terrible things going on all around the world. And so perhaps it's hard to stick to resolutions. But you know what? If your resolution is to eat healthy, then one thing that makes things much, much easier is the great taste of Built Bar. Because it's actually, you know, it doesn't feel like a protein bar at all. It's actually more like a candy bar. They're soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. So many delicious flavors. You can try their new Puffs flavored. If you haven't tried them, you should. They're great. They're marshmallowy. They're fluffy. And, of course, another product covered in 100% chocolate. They're a real treat, not just a protein bar. They're, they're good for you and taste great, too. And it's like all their bars, so many different flavors to choose from. You can get a mixed box with all of your favorites. So go to Built.com right now and go and find a protein bar. Find the bar that you want, and then if you want to just buy a box of those, you can. If not, you want to get a mixed box of all their great flavors. It's a good option, too. But best of all, if you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your order. So use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to Built.com. This comment on YouTube comes from Control-Alt-Escape. Wes, really, the 76ers are the favorite? I would give Milwaukee the nod over Philly. Philly has proven nothing. I will never understand why year after year they are chosen to be the favorites over other teams, and every year they flame out. Sure, they have Harden now, but so many things have to break right for them to make a long run, health being one of them. Um, I said that I thought the 76ers should be the favorite in the East because when it comes down to it, they have two of the best eight to ten players in the NBA in James Harden and Joel Embiid, but it does assume that that's fully engaged James Harden. Not fully engaged James Harden, not on that level, right? Not amongst that top 10 tier. But I don't see any other team in the East competing with that. And I have my doubts about Milwaukee, man. Like, if that defense is leaky, they haven't been healthy. We don't know what Brooke Lopez, they need Brooke Lopez. They need him. And without him back, and we don't know what he would look like even when he does come back dealing with this season-long injury, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still leaning Philly. But you know what? 
it's not Milwaukee that I'm kind of if I'm going to push Philly out of that kind of uh, uh, slot as the Eastern Conference favorite, it's not Milwaukee I would replace them with. I've been trying to fight my homerism, David. Mm-hmm. I might go the Miami Heat. I might go the Miami Heat at this point because of just how balanced they are. I don't really have that many concerns about this Heat team other than what we were talking about at the top of the show, which was just high-level star power. But they're the only team in the league outside of Phoenix that are the top eight in offensive and defensive rating, the only team in the East with those metrics too. We know what it would look. We know how they'll guard James Harden. We've seen them guard Joel Embiid. Nobody guards, nobody, nobody stops Joel Embiid, but the Heat have as many defenders that they could put a wall in front of them as possible. I don't know, man. I'm starting to leave. Like if it's not Philly, then I think the favorites have to be Miami. I think we need to start talking about them nationally, at least in that way. So, are you dismissing Brooklyn altogether, or are you not a believer in them anymore at this point? I believe, look, I believe they could make it, but I don't think that they should be considered the favorites at this point. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not so sure I'm sold on Philadelphia either. Like, I, I, a lot of what they've done makes a lot of sense. The, the fact that they've been able to kind of hold things together, uh, revolving around Joel Embiid, who's been phenomenal and the MVP level player and everything else like that, and the fact that they haven't gotten any kind of performances out of Ben Simmons with James Harden, I just we assume he's going to be back and and playing at a high level, but I'm not so sure. That takes time. That takes chemistry. It almost feels like this was the move that I know that Daryl Morey wanted to make, but mm-hmm. it's also a bit of a gamble because these kind of pairings they don't they don't flourish right away. And I know that he's been working with the team and everything else like that, but they usually it takes some time in order to incorporate these guys to be able to get the best out of very both of them. So. I'm just not sure that they can be immediately slotted as a top team in the Eastern Conference. I, I'm still a believer in what Milwaukee can do just because they've been there. Yeah. And you have to be able to give some credit uh, for a team that was able to find a way to win a championship. That that speaks volumes to me. There's there's ingrained organizational uh, you know, knowledge there that I think can sustain a prolonged playoff run that doesn't exist in Philadelphia. Like, that, that ter- their two best players have never won a title. And maybe you could make that same argument last year, but I still think there was more, there was more combined winning, the more, more versatility, uh, more depth in, in terms of having a veteran presence. Like you look at everybody in Philadelphia's roster, there's nobody with any championship experience there. No inherent organizational knowledge regarding how to win a well, title. Well, the Bucs didn't have that last year and they won it. Didn't they have anybody in their rotation that may have been really? a, a championship player at some point? And when, uh, it doesn't even matter. Like if the seventh guy has champion, like whoever, like it just it's the top three that matter. And Chris Middleton and Giannis and, and Drew Holiday didn't have that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you I win mean, it until you win it. I, look, I'm I'm not so much a believer in that. Like if you've been in big games, I think that's enough. And Harden and Embiid have been in big games. They're perennial playoff players. Um, now James Harden hasn't performed well in those games. He hasn't really had any. Zach Lowe talks about this all the time. It doesn't he doesn't have a single big playoff performance. If anything, he's been more disappointing in the postseason. But um, and that's why again that I'm a little I'm starting to be a little. As soon as the trade happened, I loved it for Philly. The more I sort of dig into it and think about it, I'm cooling on them a little bit more. I still think they're extremely dangerous. But should they should they be considered the favorites? Are they the ultimate boss battle in the Eastern Conference? I don't know. I, I still don't think they are. Maybe it is Milwaukee in that sort of boss battle type framing. But I, again, I just, I, 
if anybody's going to start pushing Miami to be part of this national narrative, it should be you and I. We're the Locked On Heat hosts. Like, we should start doing this. And I think we should just, like, even if we don't believe it, we should start pushing the Miami Heat as the favorite <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've been pretty consistent in saying that I think that they're title contenders ever oh, since sure. the acquisition of Kyle Lowry. And I think they're I've still been with up you. there. It's different between uh, contenders and favorites. But you've been always saying, too, that they, they probably don't even want to be considered favorites. It might be, no. like... Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just I see that this is a team that kind of oh you, you discount us. They kind of use that yeah. as uh, additional ammunition, you know, uh, you know, chip on their shoulder yeah. to kind of you know those perceived slights that always drive NBA players. They need this kind of motivation. If you don't take it seriously, well, we'll show you we should have taken you seriously. And they're going to be they're going to be I think the underdog in every matchup. Uh, except maybe a, a potential first round matchup. I mean, if they get a dog in the first round, and who knows at this point, there's a lot of depth in the Eastern Conference. They, could they get, might be seen. They could as get an Brooklyn in the. They could get Brooklyn in the first <laughs> round, and they might they be. Could. They might be an underdog in that. That's um, right. All right. Before we send you guys off into the weekend, I thought we could have a little bit of fun here. So I want us to rank our top five pizza toppings. But I bring this up, David, because I had this fight with my soon-to-be in-laws the other day. Mm. I found mm. out that they are firmly pro pineapple as a topping on pizza. Now, I didn't know this before I asked their daughter to marry me. Uh, First of all, is this cause to just cancel the wedding? I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I mean, I don't want to disagree with that decision whatsoever. I mean, I've seen marriages break up over less, buddy. Pineapple, that pro pineapple? Like, come on now. I mean, look, I, I know... I know there are some South American countries that they're like pineapple and hot dogs, like mayonnaise and pineapple on a hot dog. That's yeah. a Colombian dog, I think. That's a Colombian know. hot dog. I've had many of them in the last two years, I guess now. Yeah. 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 They're actually, it's not bad. I, yeah. I don't mind. Like pineapple is one of like, if we're going to do top five fruits, which we're not, uh, it would be my, I think it would crack my top five. I, I'm a big pineapple guy. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. But they yeah. put like the Lay's potato chips crumbled up on top. Like there's good crunchy, sweet, savory mm-hmm. thing happening there. Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's do our top five uh, toppings. It turns out, or it sounds like pineapple is not in either of our top fives. But what is That's for sure. your fifth favorite? What's your fifth favorite pizza topping, David? Now, for anybody who's been a long-term listener of the show, you know that I am currently a vegetarian. But I was right. not always a vegetarian, and I've had meat before. But my fifth favorite is a vegetable. It's mushroom. A fungi, I suppose, more accurately. <laughs> I don't I like I'm using the burning meat. questions imaging i'm sorry i don't have something any better it's okay uh I, I yeah i like a good mushroom on a pizza i've had some canned okay. mushroom before not great but know. if you get some fresh mushroom on there uh you know it, it could be a real game changer i think okay uh my fifth is prosciutto uh wow never had it. delicious um it's you put it on pizza i'm it, i'm a fan uh your number four best trashiest trashiest of all topics for a pizza i think maybe with the exception of pineapple uh buffalo chicken i am a a big fan really enjoy it Uh, i like that combination the tang of the buffalo sauce combined with the tomato sauce is a a wonderful combination so i have to strongly disagree with you here Mm. very strongly i actually would go so far as to say chicken has no place on pizza chicken does not chicken and pineapple same thing to me what do you it does has no place on pizza whatsoever there's not a version of i love chicken there's not a version of chicken that i would put on pizza barbecue chicken pizza have you ever had that awful awful barbecue chicken pizza mm. might be my least favorite kind of pizza maybe even below hawaiian really? pizza with ham and pineapple yeah wow i also don't That's believe in barbecue family. sauce as a condiment it's it's for making barbecue like people Speaking who dip stuff in barbecue sauce i don't get it it's yeah, unless you're dipping b- pulled pork or brisket into barbecue sauce like 
What are you talking about? Barbecue sauce is great. Like you can put it on everything. You can put it on you, burgers. You can put oh, it on no, all sorts of things. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Wow. Barbecue sauce has a very specific uh, purpose to me. Actually, I said yeah. you could dip pulled Making pork. everything you better. Be you should never dip. Barbecue sauce should only be poured on barbecue. Slathered. Slathered, poured, or brushed on barbecue. Uh, my fourth is melon. So pineapple doesn't make it. I'm generally against fruit, but on like a Neapolitan-style pizza, pizza, I like a a nice thin slice of fresh melon. It's refreshing. You put it on a white pizza. It's nice. All right. You're number three. I don't even know how to move on from the melon. Melon over over chicken. That's for sure. I have one other protein that has no place on pizza. I, I, I'm going to bet. I'm, I don't need to be Nostradamus or wear a cool hat in order to guess that most people will agree that buffalo chicken is a much better option than melon. But anyway, uh, my third favorite, Italian sausage. Uh, I have no problem with Italian sausage. On a nice Sicilian slice, even better. Uh, even meatball in those instances are great. Uh, yes. I like I like the pick. It probably would have been six. I, I considered it over prosciutto, but you know whatever. I, I, um, you, everything you say from melon on is completely discounted. So just you, you can have as much fun as you want. You could say you want ectoplasm on there, and I'd be like, sure, why not? What is a science class? I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> I You've never I, seen the Ghostbusters, obviously. I have arugula at number three. Oh my god. And melon. Uh, it's like we're having Rowan Nodkarney on the show here. What these are the worst food takes I've ever heard since he like you know wax poetic on a like cold cucumber sandwich for twenty minutes of, of, of a segment there. I, I don't did know that. Even know what, no, not you. Rowan did. Uh, Rowan did. Yeah, <laughs> I would never wax poetic like, like cucumbers. Yeah, cucumbers it was like, in oh, all of its evolved forms. Pickles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pickles are fine. Cucumbers are disgusting. Can't do uh, it. Yeah. But, You're number two. I mean, it's the classic pepperoni. You gotta yeah, go pepperoni. I'm with you, I'm with you on pepperoni. Can't it's argue. It's the best. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's strong consideration for number one. Yes, of course. But I'm curious. I'm curious what to hear what your number two is. Uh, it was pepperoni. Number two was pepperoni. For me. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Good. What, what was? I'm saving myself. Don't call it a comeback. Number one. Yeah. What's your number one? I, I, I love a good breaded egg pint. In fact, my favorite pizza is probably one that what my wife makes. But second to that. I like the egg pint marino uh, from uh, Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza. I love that pizza. It's one of my favorites. So if you, uh, Anthony's is listening, we're open to sponsorship opportunities 100%. We'll get paid will, in eggplant pizza. You don't have I, to will, cash. I will gladly take payment in eggplant pizza. I will go there uh, daily, weekly. Yeah. I will do whatever it takes. Sprinkle a little melon on that, Anthony's. God, no. will be good to go. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> my number one is just cheese. I love, like, at the end of the day, sure. if you're just giving me a New York style slice of just cheese, I'm. I'm happy as a clam. I'm ready to go. Clams, not also, uh, not a bad uh, topping. Oh meat. God! Is I'm, that kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I would never put. I don't want to put seafood on my on my pizza. Um, no, I just like a plain cheese pizza. That's my go-to. When in doubt, I, I think best pizza can, there is. I think you can write off uh, melon and arugula based on the few places that actually offer that even as yeah. an option on a pizza. So you have to go to a pretty selective place that offers melon, melon and or arugula. Uh, yeah, but when you find it. Give it a try. I'm not going to huh. try it, David. You still, you still have your. Do you have a favorite place now that you've moved down here to Miami? No, I've tried. I've found some really awful ones. Um, mm. uh, I maybe I just have bad luck, but I'm still looking for uh, a go-to like delivery Miami. Like I need. Like uh. I'm not going to eat pizza unless I'm like, well, I've had a few drinks and I now I need pizza. That's kind of my mood. Um, otherwise, there's I, only I one place for that. That's Cazola's Pizza. I mean, and look, that is. Where's that? Uh, Cazola's Pizza is off US 1 and Southwest 17th Avenue. 
Yeah, it is. Well, actually, not for you. I mean, you live downtown. You hop on 95. It spits you off right there. Try not to hop on anywhere. If I'm having too much to drink and I want pizza, I shouldn't be hopping anywhere. I should be not hopping. Uber will take you there. Yeah, you're right. They can deliver it, too. They they have delivery. I'll try it out. Uh, uh, Yeah. Any any places in Brickell that that deliver to Brickell? Drop drop something in the comments, people. I need a pizza Adiamo place. Pizza? New York Adiamo style. Pizza, I think Steve's. Yeah. That Steve's. That that's the that's the best pizza I've, place I've in town. Steve's. That's widely regarded. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think widely that, regarded. Is that South Beach. Uh, I believe there's a location in uh, Midtown. So, oh, well, you might be. Don't, don't quote me on that. But yeah, they put melon me. on their pizza. Is my next question. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for spending time with us. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Comment and leave a five-star rating. Reach us on Twitter at Locked on Heat. Thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NBA. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every day, Monday through Friday. It's free. It's available wherever you get your podcasts.